All right, welcome back to the Doing the Thing podcast. I'm joined again uh, by Phil. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going pretty good, except I'm still trying to recapture my voice, Jason. I've had um, a lingering nasty cold, and boy, I think my wife and daughter were really happy, but not last weekend, but the weekend before. All I could do is speak in a whisper, which they must have really loved. <laughs> I'm, sure they, I'm sure they appreciated that. Dad's quiet. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit of peace in the house, but uh, other than that, feeling good, feeling like I'm on the mend, and um, yeah, excited to take on the day and take on this conversation. Yeah, man, happy Monday. So, the conversation today, we're going to talk a little bit about you know taking risks. You know, what does that mean, and and how do we get out of our comfort zone to achieve results? And how have others done it in the past? And, you know, why it might be a good thing to kind of challenge yourself in some way, shape or form, maybe not daily, but at least maybe once a week doing things that you're you know, uncomfortable with doing so that you can grow as a person. So we got a couple of stories that uh, kind of like to bring to your attention and, you know, might talk about some, some things that we've been through on our own and stuff like that. And maybe give you a couple of pointers on, on how you can get started. If it's, if you're one of those, you know, non-risk taking individuals, if you're very conservative, you know, there's, there's ways that you can maybe start kind of slow, start small. You don't have to start, you know, a multi-business development or something like that. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's doing something like, you know, meeting a new person at a coffee shop or something like that. <laughs> we were just talking about that before the session. Yeah. 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 You know, it's interesting. Um, so many times in life, we don't even realize that we get stuck, but we get stuck, right? We get stuck in routine. We get stuck in doing the same thing today that we did yesterday. And tomorrow is going to look the same as today. And sometimes we look for inspiration and, you know, how do we, how do we break that cycle? Right. And we hear stories about like uh, Elon Musk, you know, these sensational stories. And it's actually really cool what he did. Um, mm -hmm. After founding PayPal, right, he had this vision of um, colonizing on Mars, of all things. Um, yeah. I don't know how you think of that or why you think of that, but he wanted to make cost-effective space travel a reality. Um, but his first three launches failed. And literally, he had enough money to do one final launch, which fortunately was successful, right? So that's the origin of SpaceX. And then he has this idea for, um, you know, sustainably powered vehicles, right? We all know yeah. that that's Tesla. Um, but he launches in 2008, right in the middle of, you know, arguably one of the worst financial uh, periods of time in the United States, right? Yeah. And the Tesla was actually, his first models were two times the estimated cost. Um, and he took his entire life savings and put it into Tesla. And what is he, 12th richest person in the world now? Yeah. Yeah. Worth billions of dollars, man. <laughs> Hundreds of billions. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing, though. We hear those stories about these sensational folks, you know, Denzel Washington and how he got started and Steve Harvey and how he got started. And, you know, they're all such big celebrities that it sometimes doesn't translate to real life. But right. I wanted to share a story about Alexander Graham Bell. If I could. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so we all know the name Alexander Graham Bell, right? He um, 
is credited for saving maybe 82 million lives. But the thing that, a couple of things we don't realize about Alexander Graham Bell is he was just a regular person. He was a clinician, right? And he was studying the Staphylococcus germ and ways to mitigate um, the deleterious effects of the Staphylococcus germ. Um, a workaholic, admittedly, right? And after, I don't know, it was a period of two or three years without taking a vacation, as the story goes, his family really pressured him and he took a risk and he went on vacation. So let's back up the train a little bit and talk about his work habits. Um, known to so, be meticulously clean, yeah? Mm -hmm. and, and this is the same guy that invented the light bulb, right? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Alexander Graham Bell invented the light bulb. Who am I talking about? <laughs> I don't know, man, you, you're losing me. <laughs> oh, dude, Alexander Fleming. Let's blame that on the Fleming. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, Alexander. Chuck it up to the sickness, man. <laughs> like um, clinician and light bulb. How's that? How's the two go? Well, so we digress. Alexander Fleming. Thank you. Um, or telephone. You know, actually, it's, I'm wrong too. It's the telephone. <laughs> Jeez, oh man. <laughs> of course, Bell Telephone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine our listeners are like, hmm. That's news to me. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a new one. <laughs> Alexander Fleming, right? The meticulously clean clinician who had this rigorous habit of every day he would do his tests and at the end of the day, he would treat all the Petri dishes with uh, Lysol, completely clean them, close down the shop, start fresh the next morning. So he finally gets talked into taking a vacation. And this is a risk for a guy who is an admitted workaholic who is on a mission to try to figure out and, and solve this um, uh, medical problem, right? But he takes a vacation and while he's gone, he's gone like two weeks, his lab assistant is notoriously sloppy. And in, you know, he does his experiments as he's supposed to, but all he does is like, and, and you know, me being a guy, I do this all the time, right? I pour dish soap into a dirty bowl and set it aside and, fill it with water and just let it sit there. Well, that's yeah, what he does. What supposed to do, right? Yeah, that's what he does. Um, he, uh, this uh, lab tech, you know, does his experiments and then fills it up with uh, Petri dishes up with uh, Lysol and just stacks them in the sink for like two weeks. Oh, and Bell or Fleming comes back. There we go again with Bell. <laughs> Fleming comes back. And after he reams the guy for about five or 10 minutes, he starts to go do his cleanup work and realizes that the germ has been killed. Hmm. And this is actually how penicillin was discovered quite by accident. And had Fleming not taken the risk of, you know, taking time off of work as crazy as that was for him to do and going away, 82 million people might not have lived the life that they lived. Um, so, you know, we, again, we tend to think about these big risk takers in life and, you know, these grand steps. The problem is we can't see ourselves as Elon Musk in many cases, right? But here's an everyday guy that just made a life decision. So, you know, thinking about what are the risks you've taken in your life, Jason, and how has that played out for you? Well, when the biggest risk is me taking a vacation and then saving the world, I I really hope that's going to happen next time. But 
Um, yeah, I, I actually took a lot of risks, um, you know, and, and you, you would think that, you know, being in a, in the military during a time of war is inherently risky, but I did a lot of interesting things and in, like during that time too. So I, you know, I, I got out of the military after my first four years and, you know, I, didn't really have a whole lot of resources because I was 21 years old, you know, like maybe had maybe 5k saved if that, and, and I, oh, wow. I got out of the Marines and, and I drove the country and I actually lived in Arizona for a little while, lived in other places before I wound up in Montana to work as a corrections officer, which was extremely short lived. And I, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I joined the army which was a service that I had no idea about, nothing about. And, and I took that risk of being like kind of somebody that was sort of had an established military career with a different branch at that time. And then just completely moving it over, you know, and that, that actually served me very well because, you know, not only did I make promotions very quickly uh, when I made that, uh, that switch, but I was also able to kind of make a complete lateral change from being like an infantryman to an intelligence officer, you know, and, and, and not being an officer on top of all that was like another thing that kind of came out of that big risk, you know? So, so just one little thing, one little decision kind of led me to where I am today. You know, I think that's, you know, that's pretty powerful when you, when you think about taking risks. Yeah. Love that story. That origin story for the uh, force of nature. That is Jason Madden. <laughs> let's just think about a couple things right and you know given what we've all lived through the past 18 months you know the country shutting down and businesses shutting down and social distancing and staying within our contained pot of a household um, it's really easy to fall away from those things that we found joy in that challenged us and now is really the time especially coming into um, the new year right Mm -hmm. an opportunity always to kind of refresh and recreate so what are some things you can do um little things like take the road less traveled um you know go a different way to a turn your gps you off do, turn your <laughs> gps off yeah um and sometimes it's just taking the risk of you know meeting someone new, having a conversation with someone you haven't, and even something that simple and as basic as that may sound can change a life. And I'll tell you how that scenario changed my life. Tell me. <laughs> really so, um, yeah, back in the day, I was a senior VP of a music publishing company and we would um, attend, you know, trade shows all across the country. And one of them we attended was called Real, Real Stream. And uh, Real Screen's held in Washington, D.C. And it's a place where the Discovery Channel and Disney and Netflix and all the major, you know, cable and TV uh, broadcasters come. And people who have created reality TV content and documentaries pitch their works. So, you know, you can imagine it's just filled with creatives wall to wall. Um, and I was attending one year and... Um, I remember uh, my staff member, Michael, is like the ultimate social butterfly. So as soon as we, you know, all the business doesn't happen in, in the events itself, it happens in the bar at night, right? Indeed. So, yeah, we go down to the bar at night 
Michael's gone. As soon as we step foot in there, he's gone. He's talking to everybody, and I'm there by myself. And I looked over in the corner of the bar, and there was a guy sitting next to a woman with an empty spot, but really kind of, you know, looking down at his phone and not really engaging to everybody. I'm like, hell, I'm going to sit down and strike up a conversation. And it was almost two hours into that conversation when he actually told me, when I finally asked him and he told me what he did, he had, uh, he was a documentarian. And this is the origin story of Gary Guller that I've told a few times. Um, But it really illustrates, yeah, it really illustrates the, the value of taking the risk, right? So I'm talking to Andy, Andy Cochran, and I say, well, tell me a little bit about what you do and the work you've done. Yeah, I filmed a documentary of the largest team of persons with disabilities to ever reach Mount Everest Base Camp. They set a world record. I'm like, you went to Everest? That is the coolest shit, man. Tell me about that experience. We talked another, I don't know, hour or two about Sherpas and the abominable snowman and, you know, (laughs) yetis and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, yetis are supposedly a real thing in the Himalaya. Just if you're ever on a quiz show. Um, Got it. <laughs> but, you know, I had always wanted to be a writer and I had a fledgling blog, maybe thousand subscribers, something like that. And I'm like, Andy, man, I'd love to interview you for my blog. Would you be open to that? He goes, sure. And then as I'm setting up that appointment, he says, well, I talked to the expedition leader. He's interested in being interviewed by you as well. And that turned out to be a conversation that led to my second book, Make Others Greater. Uh, about the story of that expedition in a business leadership treatise. Wow. Um, Yeah, so, you know, I share that coming back around to say, just doing one little thing different, you never know how it can change everything in your entire life, right? Indeed, yeah. The people that you meet, right? Oh, 100%, man. Yeah, and, you know, I I think I've been talking about this a, a little bit, but recently started doing judo. And um what? No, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, so I've been been doing judo. It's uh Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so I try to get at least once or twice a week to to get out there and get on the mat. And um you know, little guys throwing me around and stuff like that. You know, it's a little humbling and stuff like that. But but it's really cool kind of learning from everybody's perspectives and stuff and you know, you know being a bigger guy and 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 carrying a lot of muscle and coming in as a newbie on the mat, you know, People want to have a pe- people want to take a piece of me. You know, the black belts want to take a, have a piece of me because they want to show they want to show that their craft and their art works. So <laughs> that's been a big risk that I'm taking personally right now, like with my body, <laughs> because that's a lot of throws on the mat and things like that. But so many doors are opening with that. You know, meeting all these people that I would never have met before and having all these situations that never would have happened. You know, so so that's just one little thing, just deciding to do something like that, you know, learning a new skill. Yeah. I think, you know, the message for today that we hope everybody takes away is just do one thing a week different, even if it's just one thing a week. Right. And, you know, there's always that fear of whether it's applying for a new role, meeting a new person, asking someone out for a date, there's always that fear of rejection. Uh, There's always that fear of failure and screw all that. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, eventually we're all going to end up in the same place. And before we end up in that same place, we're going to be laying in a bed or hospital bed, home, whatever it may be. And we're going to play back the script of our entire life. You know, they always say that share. life flashes back, right? 
Yeah. And what you don't what you don't want to have is a regret to say, I wish I had. No, you and don't. you can change that just by changing one little thing. One one time per week, even if it's on a Monday, which by the way, I hate Mondays. Um and okay, maybe that's Garfield. gonna be my day to change something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Like maybe do something new for Mondays, you know, get your get yourself out of that funk a little bit. And you know, and then and I meet a lot of people that like they're they're not happy with their situation, you know, they're not happy with their job, they're not happy with you know their health and things like that. Like, what the hell is stopping you? You know, what is hell is, what's stopping you from applying for that new job? You know, it's like you're currently employed, it's not gonna hurt you to find to to apply for that thing that you want to do or look at that business that you want to do. What's the, what's the risk really? You know, you know, if, if, if you fail, you, you can go back into something, you can be employed again. It, it's, it's, it's a thing <laughs> people want people to work right now. So, so is it really that risky to, to do it? I mean, there's some layers to that obviously, but at the end of the day, you know, why, why not? Why not try it? Why not? You know, if, if that's too big of a risk for you, like we're saying, you know, try that new, you know, that new diet plan or that new workout program or something like that. Yeah. Speaking of, um, so we talked last week about making 1% incremental changes. And mm -hmm. certainly one of those, th one of those things you can do is look at your risk portfolio and say, I'm just going to do something that pushes me a little bit over the edge of my comfort zone. Maybe not too far, maybe just 1%, maybe 3%, whatever that number is. Um, mm -hmm. For me, and I shared with Jason before the call, I'm starting a keto diet because I don't know between trip back to see family and COVID and, you know, having a really bad cold for the past week and a half, my pants don't fit the same way they used to. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not okay any longer. So today is day one of no alcohol you know, no carbohydrates. Um, and that's a bigger life change, but it doesn't always require making a significant sweeping change. In fact, those usually aren't sustainable unless you have a very short window to manage yourself true. to. Very true. Yeah. And that's, you know, you know, that's to your point, you, you've got to find something that, uh, that you can consistently do and, and, and doing those big jumps are never a great idea. Um, so, nope. you know, those little percentage changes, they they make more, they have more of an effect over time rather than doing that one thing really well, really hard and, you know, it fizzles out. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'll share this as a last thought. My uh, cousin Marie and I were talking, I don't know, 10 years ago, sitting around the kitchen table at my parents' house and we're talking about weight gains and, you know, nothing against, believe me, I grew up in the Midwest, but for whatever reason, people are a little bit bigger in the Midwest than they are in other parts of the country. It's just a fact, right? You go to any stores and you see some pretty big people. Maybe it's because the weather's crappy. Maybe it's because the food is just exceptional. Um, so we were talking about that. And um, what we agreed to is that Americans by nature want the great big giant diet pill. Yep. We don't always want to put the work in. We just want a quick fix solution. Immediate results. Yeah. And that's never the case as well. So I guess the message for today is, you know, again, incremental change we talked about last week, thinking about your risk portfolio and just doing something that pushes you a little bit over the comfort zone edge um, every week at a minimum. 
uh, can have exponential change effects. And especially if you're feeling stuck in life, you feel like you fell into that groove of routine and that rut and you're kind of looking up the walls and trying to figure out how to get out of it. That's the way you get out of it. Yep. That's the number one way to do it. Got to take that first step. Well, thanks. Good this is a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. This was, um, hopefully this was helpful for everybody listening. Um, it's also helpful for us to just kind of talk about this stuff and, and get it out because we're not perfect either. You know, we, we have our own flaws and things that we want to improve and work on and things like that. So, so it's a, it's a good space to kind of talk about that and, and help others kind of learn along the way as well. So if you appreciate this and you liked our conversation as always, please, uh, hit that share button, uh, share us on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. We're on both platforms. Uh, primarily we're on LinkedIn. Um, but let us know how we're doing as well. You know, we always appreciate some feedback. Yeah, absolutely, my friend. Well, listen, good to see you again. Enjoy the Monday. And tonight is judo, right? Judo night. That's right. Time Boom. to get thrown around. Boom. Go make it happen. We'll do, bud. See you, man. All right.